We welcome you to the Flint Citadel Podcast, a weekly production of our Sunday morning worship. day to be here. I have just a couple of short announcements for you. First one, just to remind you, I think I saw it up on the screen, but no other name, the group that Dave plays with. They're having a concert this afternoon at the West Vienna Methodist Church in Clio on Wilson Road. It's today at five o'clock, so if you have some time on your hands and you're looking for some good music, why don't you make your way over there? I'm sure Dave and the band would appreciate it. My next announcement, oh, and this is a biggie, Harvest Festival, it's just around the corner. We're planning a pancake dinner on October 24th, that Wednesday night, and I'm looking for things to auction off. We're going to do another silent auction like we had last year, and I want to make it extra interesting this year. I want those things that are collecting uh, spider webs down in your basement, because you know Halloween will be just the next week. So we want your interesting objects, that hideous lamp, that ugly table. Why, I just happened to have a demonstration. Do you have anything like this? Anything, even remotely like this in your basement? Maybe that funny little table that's shaped like a kidney or something? Bring that stuff. You don't know, but your neighbor, you know, would probably buy buy it for good money, but we're going to auction it off for Harvest Festival. So bring us your interesting objects. Dust them off. I don't want any spider webs, but bring them down here. Also, you'll see out in the narthex, there's a little table out there with three little birdhouses. They're crafter projects. Now get out your glue guns, your paintbrushes, your dried macaroni, and all that good junk. Go ahead and pick one out that you want, Take it, and then I'm going to go pick them up for you. I'll bring them down here. They're $5 each. Decorate it any way you see fit. And then bring it back for Harvest Festival auction. See what we can do. But, you know, that would be kind of fun. Get a craft project going and try to guess who made what. And I think it could be a real good time. And we're going to do pancakes and sausage and all sorts of good stuff. So make it a success. Bring us your goodies and uh, knock yourselves out. I look forward to seeing you.
Amen. Hallelujah. The man's got energy, doesn't he? That's my kind of guy. That's my kind of guy. You know, this morning, as you look down your program, you kind of, maybe your eyes are looking for a specific, um, a specific item or a specific cluster of items, perhaps. Maybe you're thinking, well, what are the songsters doing today? Or what's going to happen with this today? And, and as you look down, you're going to, you just can't help but notice there's a call. There's a call being mentioned in this, in this meeting bulletin this morning. And for sure, there's a call for serving the Lord. And if you're not witness to that call this morning, then you weren't listening to that song just now. And as we get ready to open our hearts this morning, we're going to be uh, privy to a very special occasion, something that some of us perhaps are taking for granted just a little, because we all, well, many of us at least have a uniform, and we get to wear this uniform, and maybe the uniform has lost some of its luster, and maybe it's got a few worn spots in the elbows, maybe. But this uniform represents, at least to me and to many of you, something very special. Uh, maybe an opportunity to witness to others, but something that I've committed my life to, because I was saved to serve. And as we take on that ministry of being saved to serve, we get to now recruit some people in and say, have you heard the gospel? Have you heard the mission of the army? And are you willing to be saved to serve as well? Well, to bring people into the folds that way, friends, is a very, very, very special opportunity. And we're going to get to do that this morning. And as we do that, we're going to go onward at this core. We're going to move forward as a church. Well, to that end, we're going to sing that song this morning, Onward, Christian Soldiers. So as the band gives us a little bit of an introduction, I'll invite you to stand and sing with me before we open our meeting in prayer. marching forward and taking that message to more and more and more people. And the message is not about us. It's not about this 
particular facility. The message is all about the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's get our onward going, friends, and lift up your voices as we sing these last two verses. like so many other meetings. And we are going to be sending this particular recording, in particular, to Colonels Dennis and Sharon Strissel, who are in Ghana, and Captains Tim and Cammy McPherson, who are off in Germany, reaching into areas that may not have access to the gospel the way you and I do. We can stroll down here on a Wednesday and have access to our Bibles and have access to a fellowship in, in Christ. And on Thursdays, if you're here for songsters and for band and for other activities that are going on down here, for Sundays, for special activities, for times when we travel to other corps around us. We can just get in our car and just go. But there are places where that just doesn't exist, friends. And when you're in that kind of work, that's extremely trying. It's like the mom who's at home with a newborn baby and thinks that she's all alone in the problems that she's dealing with, with that crying child, with that funny rash. And she's all alone and totally encased in that household, can't get out and can't do that. That can be extremely stressful. And these missionaries are taking the gospel into tough places. Our prayers are with you, friends. And as we record this particular meeting at the Flint Citadel Corps on September 30th of 2007, our prayers are with you. Pray with me, won't you? Father God, thank you so much that you have brought soldiers into this fold. Lord, we pray each and every day that this church body that is for you will grow stronger and stronger will reach lives that are around us. And those that see us, whether in uniform or out, that they will see your light in us, Lord. Now, as we worship together, Lord, help your words be heard, that the musical notes are just, just right, so that the ears that hear it will say, Lord, I want that closer walk with you. 
Be with us now, Lord, as we worship together. Amen. Good morning. That song we just sang together, Onward, Christian Soldiers, is a wonderful song of the church written by a great reformer, Martin Luther. It's really a call to battle because we are at war. There is a foe out there, and we call him Satan. We call him the devil. He is the arch enemy of God, and he is the enemy of our eternal souls. The Bible gives us a panoramic view of this battle that is being waged around us. Satan has rebelled against God, and he has focused his efforts on destroying God's creation, destroying God's highest creation, especially, that's us, human beings. Satan had his first victory in this war back in the Garden of Eden when sin entered into humanity. That sin came in through disobedience to God. Since then, Satan has continued this assault on humanity throughout our history in an effort to defeat God's plan to save mankind. The goal of Satan ultimately is to usurp God and to destroy his works. And one of his key objectives is to separate us from God. He wants us to have no relationship with our Creator. And in fact, he wants to destroy us. And in this battle, God has raised up the church to stand in the gap between lost humanity and the hope of heaven. And the church has been raised up to proclaim This message, we are called to rescue those who Satan is leading into captivity. And we have been given weapons, weapons of the gospel message, the word of God, and the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, and the weapon of prayer. In 1865, God used a pawnbroker turned Methodist minister to raise up a new army, an army of salvation. His name was William Booth, and he raised up an army called the Salvation Army, the members of which are called soldiers. The orders and regulations for officers explains our name, Salvation Army, in this way. The word salvation indicates the purpose of the movement, namely to induce all men to submit to God, embrace the salvation provided for them in Christ, accept the Father as their supreme ruler, obey his laws, and spend their lives in loving service of those around them, thereby enjoying the favor of God both here and hereafter. The word army indicates that the movement is a fighting force constantly at war with the powers of evil and also that in certain features of its construction and government, it resembles a military army. That is our salvation army. So Martin Luther was right when he wrote that great hymn of the church. We are soldiers in an army marching to war. We are a salvation army. We have a mission to fulfill. And there are many battles still to be fought. And if we are to be successful in this war, we need many soldiers enlisted to serve. To serve God and to serve the army. So this morning's call is a call to beseech God to raise up an army in our day. May God bless us as we work to that end.
Certainly they're putting me out of my comfort zone. I'd rather be leading us in a boundless salvation today rather than raise up an army. But what a great song this is. Um, I trust each one of you that your testimony, your witness is what this first verse says. That your heart, your hope, your vision is to see others brought to this army of God. That they too might know Christ as Savior. Now, uh, Joe had to stand for Onward Christian Soldiers. Uh, looking down the program, I know Henry's going to make you stand in a couple of minutes. So I'll let you sit if you promise to sing. Uh, this is kind of a tricky song. I don't know it all that well. and I understand, in fact, the band struggled with this on Thursday evening. So that they can understand, being the great musician I am, we're going to start out with the chorus. We'll sing the chorus twice. We'll sing the verse. We'll sing the chorus twice again. We'll sing the second verse and the chorus twice again. We'll sing the chorus six times. We're going to sing this song straight through. I want to hear you loud and strong.
every Salvation Army Corps officer in the United States received a letter from their respective territorial commander, co-signed by our national commander, Israel Gaither. I'd like to share with you a few excerpts from that letter. It starts out, Come join our army. This is the battle cry we want on the lips and in the hearts of every Salvation soldier in this nation. To be more effective in the warfare, the army must have more soldiers. So we need to be more intentional about making new soldiers, both junior and senior. There will be a concerted effort in the four territories over the next three years to substantially increase our fighting force in the United States. Who better to recruit new soldiers than soldiers themselves who are engaged in this battle against sin. The army is at its best when soldiers are doing soldiers' work of soul-saving and discipling with soldiership as the outcome. The leadership of the army across our nation has spent time praying and thinking about our future. Many needs and challenges and opportunities have been discussed, and in the end, it was decided that one thing would make a strategic difference more soldiers living a life of holiness, actively engaged in the mission. We need active soldiers, not just army attendees. We need very deeply committed soldiers, mission-involved soldiers, not just names on a roll. We must have blood and fire salvationists. Officers and soldiers are asked to embrace this Holy Spirit-inspired Come join our army, national effort. Please be creative and passionate about the spiritual growth of those God has placed under your care. This is our opportunity to grow a stronger, larger army for tomorrow. It's a great letter. It's a great cause. And for three years, we're going to have a focus on growing our army so we can be more effective, so we can have a, a deeper impact, both growing spiritually but also not ashamed to say growing in numbers so that we have more forces to fight the battles that are before us. So I would ask that you make this a matter of focused action, that you'd make it a matter of concerted daily prayer. May God bless you.
The jewel of America is its people, and the history we share is a tapestry rich with variety. This diversity of culture and thought has inspired generations of greatness, forging a proud nation that must be a beacon of hope to the world. The Salvation Army has inherited that legacy. With our collective heart to God and hand to man since 1865, the Army is indelibly woven into the fabric of our nation. Meeting the most basic of human needs in the United States since 1880, every soldier is committed to doing the most good with every contribution of money, time, and resources. Indeed, we are privileged to minister to men, women, and children, no matter their circumstances, and it could not happen if it were not for the absolute commitment of the soldier. As Salvationists, we believe that the one true God, who still speaks through the Bible, has called us to the mission of redemption and reformation of people and places in this nation and throughout the world. And the soldier is strongly committed to God for this grand purpose. We're carriers of hope, a shoulder to cry on in desperate times. We are role models in business and everyday life, making a positive contribution to our communities. We are those who seek to be living examples of Christ's love. The talents and gifts of each Salvation Army soldier is as diverse as his or her background and calling. These are gifts to the purpose and success of this mission. And we celebrate the beauty of our diversity. It is this dynamic that makes us that much more effective in our serving in the name of Jesus. I'm Carolyn Bailey and I teach preschool. And I come to the Salvation Army because it's a place where I can love the Lord my God with all my heart and all my soul and all my mind and all my strength and where I can serve my neighbor here and around the world. My name is Neil Luagamas. I'm a chaplain at a drug treatment center as a spiritual counselor. I'm a soldier for Christ and I find fulfillment in knowing that I can help people to change their lives through the power of the Holy Spirit. I'm Virginia Murray, business administrator. After answering the call that God placed on my life to be a minister for Christ, I am eternally grateful for the opportunity the Salvation Army gave me to carry out its mission of loving inclusively, serving healthfully, and discipling effectively in the core and the community in which I serve. My name is James Burton, I'm 16 years old, and I'm a soldier for Christ because the Salvation Army has been like an extended family to me, and they've reached out to me, and now I want to reach out to others for Christ. My name is Gladys Dianisopoulos, I'm a nurse. I was introduced to the Salvation Army 27 years ago. I'm very proud to be a Salvation Army member. My name is Angela Nestle, and I'm a medical transcriptionist. I'm a soldier in the Salvation Army because it allows me to feel at home wherever I go, and it gives me the opportunity to give back of my faith through my music and all the Army's social service work. More soldiers are needed in this great Army of Salvation. There is a role committed believers can play in the changing of conditions and circumstances of those on the margins of our society. So come join our army and make your mark on the world.
Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. It's a pleasure to meet you. I have been given all kind of instructions about what I'm to do this morning. But the captain has entrusted me with the next few minutes, and I'll, with God's guidance, do what she tells me I can do. Many years ago, Corps officer in a lovely town in England was conducting services and he heard, as he heard daily, the town bell ringing out this one tune, a worldly tune. Watchman ring the, open the gate, something like that. And he got inspired because he went out to open air meetings and he wanted to get people to join the army of the Lord to become Christians. And he did such a good job. I would hope that our captain would have the same experience that he had. Because one day, the city officials said, enough is enough, and they called him in and took him before the, the, the mayor and the city council and told him, knock it off. No more of this stuff. I wish that we could get these streets so clogged with people coming to the army that they'd call the old captain in and say, hey, buddy, knock it off. And you know what he'd say? We will. And when the last sinner is saved... And on his way to glory. Come join our army. It's a battle we go. This is a fantastic song. It does go back a number of years. It even goes back before Major Coleman was born. And you know, that's going back some. So what can I say? I don't want to insult her because she was my friend. <laughs> Let us sing the first verse and the chorus. And maybe the second verse. And then we'll see what happens with the third and the fourth verse. Alrighty? Come join our army to battle we go. Jesus will help us to conquer the foe, fighting for right and opposing the wrong. The Salvation Army is marching along. Join our parade. Here we go. Ready to go to
second and third verse. Come join our army, the foe we defy. True to our callers, we'll fight till we die. Saved from all sin is our war cry and song. The Salvation Army is marching along. Join us. We need you. We need you in the fight. Here we go the last verse. Verse number four. Beth. Come Father, we thank you for this great day that we have to come, and the, this wonderful day, this wonderful house of the Lord to come and, and just be energized by your presence. Uh, we pray that um, you help us to be good stewards of, of all the gifts you have given to us. And at this time, help us to be good stewards of um, the treasures you have blessed us with as we give back to you. Amen.
chorus this morning. Thanks to my brother Bill and Dave, we were able to find the words and the music to it. It's at peace with my God, and how can it be, except by the love of Jesus for me? Anxiety's gone, sin's under the blood, and I am at peace, at peace with my God. We'll sing it once together, and the second time we sing it, prayer partners can come and pray together. And remember that we have 15 college students this year. I think it's a record. And Ted Tulcher mentioned in his testimony last week that we need to pray for our young people. And this is our opportunity today and each day to do that. Thanks. 
Heavenly Father, this morning we um, understand that we live in a world that is very anxious, very busy, quickly moving from place to place, full of uncertainty and, and fear. And yet, Lord, we come to this place, into your presence, and we find peace. Peace because, Lord, you have saved us, you have loved us, you continue to save us, and you continue to love us. Lord, I just thank you for the joy that you place in our hearts. A joy because of that peace. Father, I ask that you would bless these prayer partners as they express their concerns to one another and then as they bring them before your throne. Lord, I thank you that small things are important to you and that large things, impossible things, are possible to you. And Lord, we bring you both this morning. Also, Lord, as folks pray in the pews, they bring their requests to you, large and small, hurts, disappointments, joys and victories, requests. God, I know that you hear them all, that you take them all very seriously. And ask, Lord, that you would move mightily on behalf of these requests and these needs. But, Lord, most importantly, that that we would be in right relationship with you. God, bless our young people who are away at college, facing uncertainty, temptation, loneliness, being challenged in their faith. God, I pray that the instruction they've been given in their homes and at this core would now come to their aid and that your Holy Spirit would, would bring to remembrance the things they've been taught. Lord, that you would help them to excel in their studies, but Lord, also to persevere in their walk with you. So God, bless us. Bless the rest of this service. And Father, we just thank you that we can come to you in confidence and that we can leave our concerns with you knowing that you have heard and you will answer prayer. We thank and praise you now in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. I believe that uh, this national focus that uh, we've been speaking about this morning is especially timely for us here at the Flint Citadel. The um, decline in the number of soldiers in the United States has been recognized by our territorial and national leaders, and, and it is also very real here in Flint, Michigan, at the Citadel. The trend has been underway for probably a generation And taken to its logical conclusion, it will leave this core, this church, a shell of what it has been. Now, we can make a whole list of logical reasons for why we have declined, and we can theorize about why it is so challenging and difficult to grow. And and it would be wrong to discount these observations. But in the end... The real need is to make new soldiers and to get the soldiers we have solidly into the Word, solidly disciplined and discipled in the Lord. I believe that this Corps has made some remarkable efforts 
to reach out, to try some different things. In fact, the divisional leadership is, is quite stunned and amazed at some of the things that you guys have, have been doing, um, attempts that you've been making. And I believe that we have good reason to expect growth. We have so much to offer this community. I think we're one of downtown Flint's best-kept secrets. But the biggest obstacle we have to face isn't our uh, PR image, because the Salvation Army, everyone thinks, you know, ringing bells and uh, thrift stores. It isn't even our location, even though we're in the downtown of a, uh, of a city where uh, there's been terrible uh, publicity. I don't think it's even Flint's economic woes, which are considerable. I think our biggest obstacles are still internal. It's easy for us to stop believing that we have a future. Or worse, to simply become apathetic. Well, you know, whatever happens, happens. Do you really believe and expect that God will bless us? Are you actively witnessing to God's power in your own life? And are you inviting others to come to know the Savior that you love? Do you believe God has good plans for our future? Now, we call ourselves a, a citadel, Flint Citadel. And I like that name because it speaks of strength. A citadel is a place of strength. A citadel is a fortress. The American Heritage Dictionary defines citadel as a fortress in a commanding position in or near a city. A stronghold or fortified place. A bulwark. Citadels are usually defensive, a defensive refuge. A place to retreat when the battle turns against you. You go into the, you go into the citadel. We must be careful not to develop that kind of a citadel mentality. The idea that our core is a place where we can escape from the conflicts of the world and go on the defensive kind of huddle together. It ought to be a place, it ought not to be a place of retreat. What we need instead is to be on the offensive. We are to engage this lost world. We are to engage this debased culture with the truth of the Gospel. We're to shine that light into the darkest of places. We are to take captives of Satan's stronghold and get them saved and then disciple them and then make them into warriors for righteousness for King Jesus. That is what we're called to do. In short, soldiers are to make more soldiers. Not for the sake of building our numbers so we can have some great statistics that impress people, but because there are battles to be fought and there are wars and a war to be won. Yes, we come here to this citadel to get equipped and armed. Sometimes we do come here to huddle together and, and console and strengthen one another. But we must return then to the battle. Out there in the world where you work, where you go to school, where you do business. And we must be willing to invite the broken and the lost into our citadel so that they too might find the Lord. They too might find what we've found.
Yesterday, Dr. Roger Green, who spoke at our men's retreat, a great Bible teacher, we had a great time, he quoted uh, Tony Campolo. Here's what Tony wrote. The church is a hospital for sinners, not a resort for saints. And that's what our core should be about. We should be a place where sin-sick men and women, boys and girls, find spiritual health. We should be helping them in that pursuit. In Luke chapter 14, verses 31 through 35, uh, Jesus laid out the basis for our doing battle, how, how you kind of judge the battle. Here's what he said in a parable. Or suppose a king is about to go to war against another king. Will he not first sit down and consider whether he is able with 10,000 men to oppose one coming against him with 20,000? If he is not able, he will send a delegation while the other is still a long way off and will ask for terms of peace. In the same way, any of you who does not give up everything he has cannot be my disciple. Salt is good, but if it loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is fit neither for the soil nor for the manure pile. It is thrown out. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Well, how do you judge our odds? Do we have enough forces to go against those that are coming against us? Do we have enough active, and sol- active soldiers engaged and engaging our world here in Flint and its environs? Let me be frank. What the territorial and national commander aren't saying is that the Salvation Army denominationally, that's a hard word, our denominational work is in decline. What they aren't saying is that we need more soldiers because every year that passes we have fewer and fewer soldiers on our rolls. We have fewer soldiers today than we did 20 years ago. What they also aren't saying is not only do we have fewer soldiers in our army, but we have fewer soldiers volunteering less time to the Salvation War. In our early days, the Salvation Army operated as a volunteer army. That is, an army comprised of soldiers who volunteered their services instead of getting paid. I think this is what our leaders are referring to but aren't saying. It's becoming harder and harder to find people who will respond to God's call for sacrificial service. Our national leader has declared our battle cry to be, Come, join our army. Some of you have done just that. You've invited other folks to come. You've loved people into the, into the kingdom. You've shown them the love of Jesus by caring for them. And so they have come to see what kind of people we are because of that love. Soldiers of the Flint Citadel have literally prayed people into the kingdom. In these ways, many of you have been active in the salvation war. The war for the souls of those who don't know God, who don't have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. In that parable it says, you know, if there's more forces coming against you, you can always make terms of peace with the enemy. Well, it's clear that in this war, surrender is not an option. It's clear that barricading ourselves in this fortress, in this citadel, isn't an option. Here's what we need. 
more soldiers, better equipped, and actively engaged in the battle for souls. The U.S. Army has a slogan, Army Strong. I don't know if you've seen that sticker. The U.S. Army doesn't win battles by withdrawing to defensive fortresses. Instead, they engage the enemy with superior force, superior weapons, and superior tactics. They actively recruit new soldiers and make them army strong so that they are superior in every possible way to the enemy they will face. And when they go into battle, they ensure that they have sufficient numbers to wage war and to come out victorious. We too must strengthen and increase our forces. We must better train and equip our soldiers. We need new soldiers. We need fresh recruits. We need to use the weapons at our disposal. We need to use creative tactics in this battle. And we need to make victory our goal. We need to return to the days when we were a fighting force, trained and equipped to fight. We need to be army strong, salvation army strong. We need to make soldiers. In a moment, we're going to um, do just that. This morning, we're going to enroll the Salvation Army's newest soldiers. One comes from an established family, been in the Army a long time. And one from a relatively new family to the Army. And if we're going to grow, and if we're going to fulfill God's mission on earth, we need to see this kind of process repeated over and over again in the coming months and years. It's clear that if we don't grow in our spiritual depth, in devotion, and in numbers, that there will come a point when we will be unable to sustain what we've come to know as the Flint Citadel. And these new recruits today and the new recruits in the future will come from contacts that you make and the witness that you have in this world. So I pray that God would bless us as we um, engage in this battle. I'm going to ask if the flag bearers would come forward at this time. Flag bearers. This morning it's my privilege to uh, enroll the Salvation Army's newest soldiers, Chelsea Schmidt and Chris York, the newest soldiers of the Flint Citadel Salvation Army. The newest soldiers, come on up, guys. The newest soldiers in the Salvation Army world. Come on right down here. And what a, a privilege it is to do this. I've asked both of them why they want to be soldiers. Why do you want to take this step? I've asked them whether they really understand the commitment that they're about to make. I've asked them to tell me about their conversion experience. How did they come to know the Lord? I've asked them about their relationship with the Lord currently. How are they doing in that walk? And I've warned them, don't take this step just because you're at least 14 years old. Don't take this step just because you want to be in the songsters or in the band. 
That's a wonderful thing to be in. But we can survive without another band member. We can survive without another songster. And we don't need just another name on our roll books. That's not what this is about. What we need are soldiers who understand what it means to be a soldier and who are prepared to dedicate their lives, their very lives, to God and to the mission and purpose of the Salvation Army. I'm going to ask Dr. Joe, our Corps Sergeant Major, to come forward as well. Because he is our leading local officer and, uh, and really these soldiers will be under his charge to, um, to, to uh, direct in the Salvation War. All who wish to become soldiers of the Salvation Army are required to sign articles of war known as the Soldier's Covenant. In doing so, they testify to this, that they worship God as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, that they have accepted Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord, and that they desire to fulfill their membership of His church on earth as a soldier of the Salvation Army. They also affirm their belief in the Bible as the Word of God and their acceptance of God and of the Salvation Army's articles of faith or doctrines. They declare that they will be responsive to the Holy Spirit and seek to grow in grace, that they will make the values of the kingdom of God the standard for their lives, showing Christian integrity in their deeds, maintaining Christian ideals in their relationships, and upholding the sanctity of marriage and family life. They declare that they will be faithful stewards of all that they have and all that they are. They will abstain from the use of all enslaving substances and harmful activities and that they will be actively engaged in God's work, both in sharing the gospel and in serving the needy and will contribute financially to its support. That they will be true to the principles of the Salvation Army. And so this morning, here today, they witness that they freely enter into this covenant, convinced that the love of Christ requires this devotion of their lives to His service for the salvation of the whole world. And they declare their determination by God's help to be true soldiers of the Salvation Army. Chris and Chelsea, do you declare in the presence of God and of this congregation that you undertake by the help of the Holy Spirit to live and to work as a true soldier of Jesus Christ and of the Salvation Army according to the witness and promises you make this day? If so, raise your right hand and say, I do. Well, in recognition of these promises you've made today, I'm going to have you sign your articles of war. These have also been signed by, uh, of course, Sergeant Major Joe Simmert and uh, witnessed by all of you folks. Now I charge you both to keep these promises you have made today and by the grace of God to be a blessing to the world in which you live. I encourage you to testify openly for Christ, to wear your uniform as a visible witness to your faith, and to give prayer a central place in your life. And as stewards of your time, abilities, and financial resources, to offer these to the Lord, recognizing this as the only adequate response to Christ's sacrifice for you. 
So now in the name of the Lord that we love and we serve, I accept your declarations and receive you as soldiers of the Flint Citadel Corps of the Salvation Army. I'm going to ask the friends and family of Chris and Chelsea to stand. I want to charge you as well. You're not only witnesses to this ceremony, but you are also participants in it. And as such, I charge you to support Chris and Chelsea in their lives as soldiers of the Salvation Army Flint Citadel. I ask you to pray for them daily. Put them on your prayer list as they start this journey. Help them to foster and encourage spiritual development in their lives. And don't hold them back from hardship in serving their Lord in the Salvation Army. It's not our job to hold them back from that, but to allow them to serve God as He would lead them. I also challenge you to live your life as a good soldier, or if you're not a soldier, as a firm believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, so that you can be an example to them, whether you're a soldier or not, of what a Salvation Army soldier ought to be. What it means to be a soldier, not just of the Salvation Army, but of the Flint Citadel Salvation Army. So if you would commit to upholding and encouraging Chris and Chelsea in their new journey as soldiers, I ask that you join me in a word of prayer. Let's pray. Lord, this morning we offer to you the life of Chris and Chelsea as soldiers in the Salvation Army Flint Citadel. We offer them for your service and we ask that you use them to bring many souls into your kingdom, Lord, that you use them in the battle, in the war that's waging for the hearts and the minds of men and women and boys and girls. May your blessing be upon them as they continue to grow and as they develop. May they learn to discern your voice, the voice of your Holy Spirit as you speak to them. Let them know the Spirit's presence within them. And Lord, this morning may their enrollment challenge them and challenge each soldier here to redouble our efforts for the salvation of the world. It is in the name of Jesus Christ that we ask this. And with thanksgiving we pray in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. Let's give a hand to the Salvation Army's newest soldiers. Lord bless you. You can take these with you. For that friends, too. And now as one of their first official acts as soldiers, uh, they're going to lead us in a responsive reading of our doctrines. Okay. Um, we believe that the scriptures of the Old and New Testaments were given by inspiration of God and that they only constitute the divine, and Christ, er, divine rule in Christian faith and practice. We believe that there is only one God who is infinitely perfect, the creator, preserver, and governor of all things, and who is the only proper object of religious worship. We believe that there are three persons in the Godhead, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, undivided in essence and co-equal in power and glory. We believe that the person of Jesus Christ, the divine and human natures, are united so that he is truly and properly God and truly 
We believe that our first parents were created in a state of innocency, but by their disobedience they lost their purity and happiness, and that in consequence of their fall all men have become sinners, totally depraved, and as such are justly exposed to the wrath of God. We believe that the Lord Jesus Christ has, by his suffering and death, made an atonement for the whole world, so that whosoever will be saved. We believe that repentance toward God, faith in our Lord Jesus Christ, and regeneration by the Holy Spirit are necessary to salvation. We believe that we are justified by grace through faith in our Lord Jesus Christ, and that he that believeth hath a witness in himself. We believe that continuance in a state of salvation depends on upon continued obedient faith in Christ. We believe that it is the privilege of all believers to be wholly sanctified and that their whole spirit and soul and body may be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. We believe in the immortality of the soul, in the resurrection of the body, in the general judgment of the end of the world, in the, in the eternal happiness of the righteous and the righteousness of the wicked. Let's give him another hand. This has been a presentation of the Salvation Army Flint Citadel Corps. Join us here again next week for more worship from the Flint Citadel. More information about Flint Citadel can be found online by visiting us at www.flintcitadel.org. Thanks for listening.